AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock. A camel shirt Hello and welcome to the Fighting Cock podcast, joined by a very special guest, Benjamin McFadden. Um, he is a Bundesliga journalist, a PhD researcher, and host of Dortmund Fan Club London podcast. Um, as a fan of Dortmund, are you happy that Nagelsmann is left by Munich? Uh, hi there, first of all. Nice to <laughs> be on the show with you. Um, yeah, well, I'm not sure, to be honest, because they always have that bounce, don't they? When, when a club gets a new coach, they usually bounce back and... Uh, Nagelsmann's made such a hash of it at Bayern. Then, to be honest, um, I think it, it it could go either way. To be honest, when you say he's made a hash of it, from an outside perspective, we we see it and we think that he's done okay. What, what's the mood in Germany? What was the reaction from the German press when uh, you heard about? Well, well, look. I mean, um, at the end of the day, as you said, I mean, I, I'm uh, I'm highly invested in Borussia Dortmund. Um, I'm a massive BVB fan. And at the end of the day, um, you know, um, if we had a coach like Julian Nagelsmann, uh, who, you know, gave us the title uh, in his first season, we'd be extremely happy. But um, at the end of the day, it's FC Bayern München, and they are literally uh, the biggest club in Germany by a, by a country mile. Um, and um, so essentially, if in Germany you don't win... Um, the Bundesliga, the DFB Pokal, and uh, and perhaps even the Champions League. You know, German fans are not very happy, and I mean, uh, you know, uh, he hasn't convinced. Basically, he hasn't. The, the style of the play hasn't been convincing, and and basically, there have been too many issues in, in the team. Um, he hasn't got the best out of them, basically, and um, they're at a very very critical stage in their development as a club, uh, where they've had a lot of changes in senior management. And he just hasn't persuaded um, the, the Bavarian um, audience, basically. The fans have not been persuaded by the way the club have played. They've been just too inconsistent, basically. They go from boom to bust. One game, they're outstanding. The next game, they've been very poor. Um, and, yeah, the results have just simply not been good enough. And, of course, Bayern are terrified of losing the initiative to Borussia Dortmund, uh, my club, uh, which, of course, they did in... in uh, between 2010 and 2012. What, what's the feeling in the German press about Nagelsmann's sacking? Because over here, it seemed that people are quite surprised by it. Uh, obviously, we're not as close as you guys are. But what, what, what's, what, what, what's been reported in the press over there? 
well, firstly, the extraordinary thing is that the Bavaria football, you know, Bayern München paid 25 million for him uh, to get him out of his contract, which was a new thing for Germany. Yeah. I mean, those kind of that kind of money had never been seen before. Um, and so essentially his sacking is going to end up costing Bayern up to 30 million euros. Uh, and they're going to have to keep paying his wages till he gets a new job. So obviously Bavarians are hoping that he signs a, a new contract, maybe with Spurs. But at the end of the day, um, the issue, the key issue is that um, he uh, is he's one of the youngest coaches in Germany. He, he was the youngest coach to, to, uh, to sign up, at, uh, to, to become a coach at 28. Uh, he retired from active play at age 20. And he ironically was um, assistant manager to Thomas Tuchel, at FC Augsburg's second team. And essentially, uh, the story of Nagelsmann is one of um, overachieving for someone who's only 35. He, he did incredibly well at Hoffenheim. He then went on to RB Leipzig, took them to the cup final, took Hoffenheim to the Champions League. And um, essentially, just based on his talent, everybody expected him to, um, to, be, uh, you know, to be the ideal coach for Munich. But as I said, um, you know, Bayern München, as is known, is one of the most um, notoriously difficult coaches, uh, clubs to manage uh, because of essentially the, the sheer amount of superstars in the locker room. So, I mean, it hasn't been convincing what, what he's achieved there. And he's leaving under a cloud with quite a few different uh, fallouts with senior management, with senior players. Um, and basically just a feeling that it hasn't worked out. And yeah, it was a bit of a tr uh, dr dramatic situation, quite quite traumatic, I would say, for FC Bayern. So, so it, it makes sense then that Tuchel has gone there and that they've, sacked, they've, they've seen an opportunity to hire Tuchel because it seemed just a few days ago that Tottenham were the place he was going to go to. You know, he's spoken historically about him being fond of Tottenham and, and that he was open to conversations with our club. Um, and then Bayern Munich have obviously, or maybe have seen that and gone, we need to act now. We need to, we, we, there, there are issues with Nagelsmann. Um, we need to act now if we need to get, if, if Tuchel is going to become our manager. Is that, is, I, is, is Tuchel thought of in a, in a way that Nagelsmann isn't in Germany? I don't see it like that, to be honest. I know that he's had some talks with um, Levy going back to 2021. Um, but um, I don't see it that basically they've acted in order to preempt him leaving to Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, that wouldn't be my opinion. I, I see it that basically they've acted in their own interests um, at a crucial time when Borussia Dortmund are starting to regain the initiative. Uh, and they've had a, a string of poor performances, particularly the last game against Bayer Leverkusen, which was incredibly disappointing um, against a rather mediocre team. They lost 2-1, didn't they? Yeah. They did indeed, which then let Dortmund go one point ahead at a, a psychologically important moment when um, Dortmund basically went, you know, just before the, um, the uh, spring internationals break. So, I mean, it's exactly the break that Dortmund needed just before they come to the Allianz Arena next week to play against Bayern. So, I mean, in my opinion, Bayern have entirely acted in their own interests, but it will be um, a decision that they may end up regretting it's a weird one because Tuchel's reputation in England is decent. It's not amazing. It's 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 one that that they did a, a, an amazing job to to win the Champions League with Chelsea. But Chelsea are do have the financial advantages that other clubs don't have, even across Europe. And um, 
we, he, his reputation here was that he he let go of that situation of Chelsea. He didn't manage the situation incredibly well, although he was put under incredible stress and and um, and put in a, in a horrible position because of the Abramovich saga, and then obviously a new chairman in Todd Bowley came in and, and took hold of Chelsea but he had the players to perform better than he had so fr from our press and from our perspective it's, it was a bit surprising that Bayern coveted Tuchel to, to such, such extremes but Tuchel does have the pedigree in Germany through his, his time with Dortmund do, do, as a Dortmund fan do you feel a bit weird about him going to manage Bayern Munich? No I don't um, I think that uh, Tuchel is a big club type of manager. Yeah. Uh, he, he achieved everything you could achieve, including the Champions League win uh, with, with Chelsea. Uh, we played Chelsea, obviously, just uh, two weeks ago. Um, and it is a big club. And it's, a, a you know, um, another similar situation to Bayern where you've got a dressing room full of absolute superstars. And I think Tuchel is exactly the right kind of manager. To be frank, I mean, he was with us uh, between 2015 and 17. And he won, uh, he won the DFB Pokal, the German Cup, yep. uh, a match which I attended at the Olympiastadion against Frankfurt. And uh, Usman Dembele, who you may remember, I do. ended up being one of the biggest signings in Barcelona's history. Um, he uh, scored the goal. And, uh, the, you know, the tragedy of Dortmund, of course, is always that they have to sell their best players like Usman Dembele or Pierre-Marie Aubameyang and so on. So, I mean, essentially, um, Bayern are the Premier League club in the Bundesliga. They're the one club that can afford to pay gigantic wages, 30% more than Dortmund, and they can basically hire any player they want um, on a par with Man United, Man City, PSG, Real Madrid, Barcelona. But then it's built on a consistency of, you know, profits and success, which goes back 30 to 40 years. Um, and Dortmund have had ups and downs in their history. So, you know, Dortmund are definitely not the... Um, and not the Manchester United of Germany. They're more like the Arsenal of Germany. They're a club that have had ups and downs in their history. Okay, fair play. Um, so, so moving towards Nogglesman's potential appointment to Tottenham, and he's got suitors all over Europe that would like to bring him in. You think even Chelsea are, you know, Potter's position at Chelsea isn't secure. Real Madrid yeah. have talked for a long time about seeing him as a future manager at Real Madrid. But Spurs seem to be in a prime position because Conte inevitably is going to leave. Nagelsmann is now available without, um, you know, a, uh, a former club to satisfy. In fact, they would probably be encouraged by him joining Spurs now rather than the summer because you said the aforementioned um, wages that they would have to have to pay. But yeah. um, what, has there been any talk in Germany, as, as far as you understand, about his potential move to Tottenham? How has that been reacted? As a Spurs fan, we're interested in how our club is perceived overseas. And is, are they saying that this is a good move for him or he's too good for Spurs? What, what, what's the mood, do you think? It's premature, basically. Um, I, I think that, I mean, uh, Nagelsmann has only had two previous jobs. Hoffenheim, which is a vastly smaller club than Tottenham, and RB Leipzig, which is a new club which only started uh, about 12 years ago. Mm. And um, basically, um, you know, it's a totally new situation for him. Um, to be fair, Bayern München were just vastly too big a boots to fill. And I think it was a very big risk that they took on, admittedly, probably the most talented tactical genius manager 
but a guy who hasn't had experience of winning a lot of titles. I mean, he had basically never won anything uh, when he came to um, Bayern. And obviously Bayern Munich, as you know, I mean, they're a club like Manchester United or Liverpool um, that are used to winning one title after the other. I mean, he'll bring a tactical genius. He'll bring a, you know, um, he'll, he'll, he, has the, he has the right mindset for Tottenham, I think. But um, the question is, you know, is his English good enough? Is he actually able to manage a Premier League club? He's never worked in this country. He's never played in this country. Um, I don't know whether it will work out or not. I, I have my doubts. He has a very German attitude, you know, and, and you've never had a German coach before. So No. Are we, are we um, is this a bigger risk for Tottenham or is it a bigger risk for Nagelsmann or, or are, both, are, both, are both the club and the manager potentially, if, the, if it comes off, sort of they're, they're invested in each other's success here? Well, Nagelsmann's a guy who could get a job in Germany without any difficulty at all. And for his career, it would be far better, I think, to go to a club like RB Salzburg, RB Leipzig, go back to Leipzig. Uh, uh, Hoffenheim are in a very bad place right now. Um, that's a club which he had a lot of success at. Um, I think for him, basically, it doesn't really, you know, it would be worth a try because he's certainly got nothing to lose. I mean... He is regarded in Germany as the most talented young coach there is. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of issues, personal issues arose. He had a, a split with his wife. Uh, he went off with a, a well-known uh, tabloid newspaper journalist uh, re quite recently. There was a big argument with the goalkeeper Manuel Neuer about Manuel Neuer's um, uh, skiing accident. Uh, and there were also rumoured to be other problems with players like Sadio Mane, uh, and so on, then he hasn't really got the best out of these players. So at the end of the day, you know, there's been dressing room problems and issues and um, people just haven't been very impressed by the way things have turned out. But at the end of the day, I mean, he has also shown his ability as well at the same time. Um, he is only, is he 35, 36? 35 years old. Yeah, that's right. Very, very young. Do you, do you it think was... it's too too early for him to, potentially to, to go? I mean, it's too as it's turned out too early to go to Bayern Munich, but is it too early for the Premier League? I mean, he's not much older than some of our uh, some of the players that he'd be coaching if he did come to Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, that's the same in Germany as well. Um, you know, um, I think it's... I don't think it's the right move for Julian Nagelsmann. I think he needs a bit of time out of the game to work out what went wrong and try to basically um, uh, find his feet again after what should be a quite a bad bust-up. And given that he's being, his salary is still being paid, he's on contract till 2026. He really hasn't got any reason to, to actually sign a contract straight away. So I see this as a premature move um, and possibly one that won't actually take place. I think Julian Nagelsmann may well decide to take a little bit of time to work out what the best option is. So my prediction would probably be that it won't happen. But, um, you know, if you do get him, you'll be getting a tactically very brilliant but somewhat brittle coach um, that perhaps is a little bit of a superstar diva himself which uh, you know is can be a bit grating I think for fans can be a little bit irritating could, could you think do you think he could be as grating as Antonio Conte <laughs> because he, he's the, the Spurs fans feeling towards him currently as I understand it 
is yeah. pr- pretty grim. Like he, it, we we want. I, I, well, I personally, I want him out of the club because I can't trust his emotion. Yeah, I mean, Conte had that breakup. He had that bust up with Thomas Tuchel, which led to Tuchel's uh, firing, as far as I remember. And um, you know, I think Tuchel is a lot more mellow as a character than uh, than Nagelsmann in some ways. Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of this is my. Borussia Dortmund heart <laughs> is that I'm quite antagonistic. I mean, they didn't want uh, Nagelsmann because he's not the right kind of personality for Dortmund. Dortmund, you have to be very down to earth and working class like Jurgen Klopp to fit in. Um, and I think that uh, Nagelsmann is everything other than that. So, I mean, it's hard to say whether he would fit in well at, um, at Tottenham or not. To be honest, I thought Jurgen Klinsmann, with the amount of adoration and love and achievement that he had at Spurs... You know, he's been available for some time. He's now the South Korea national coach. He would have been somebody I, I could have seen at Tottenham Hotspurs. I can see the uh, romance in it for sure, 100%. I can understand that. I, uh, but it's just, well, we, I, I think we all feel like we're, we're at a stage now where we're not looking for romanticism. We're looking for a coach who can take us on and, and, and potentially challenge for league titles. You know, the, the, we talk, you talked about money earlier, but Spurs are in the top five richest clubs in in the world, if you if you look at Deloitte. And you are, but you've also carried a lot of debt as well. Your stadium cost eight hundred million pounds. That's correct. So, I mean, That's correct. It's not as if it's not as if you can afford to miss out on Europe next season. But this so is it's a very crucial decision that you're going to make. Oh yeah, and, and I'm sure, and most I think most Spurs, Spurs fans see Nagelsmann as the pick if we have to do one. If we, if, I mean, we're going to have to employ someone, and it's either Pochettino or Nagelsmann, and the rest seem to kind of fall into insignificance. And, and, and Nagelsmann's reputation—I don't know why Spurs fans are obsessed by the idea of Nagelsmann taking over. But the, part of the reason why we're having this conversation is because there is a very keen interest in this guy coming to Spurs and hopefully turning fortunes around. Not least the fact that we've done the the, the managers that have won everything and and, and have achieved in previous clubs. We've we've been there and done it in in Jose Mourinho and Conte. You couldn't find any more serial winners, really, other than Klopp and and um, and Pep Guardiola, to come in and take over Tottenham. So we there is a wider issue about what Daniel Levy's role in all of this is. But fundamentally, I feel like Spurs fans want to see attractive football and a project that's going to last years rather than you know twelve months, eighteen months, and a new manager and, and we've got to go again. Just on that. Um, the style of football that Conte has played has been abject and really unenjoyable, very difficult to follow and get, get, get you know, go along with unless we're winning. What, what's Nagelsmann's style of play? If it, if it isn't what you saw under Bayern Munich, then what was it at Leipzig and Hoffenheim? Um, it's attractive football. It's what you call gig and pressing. So um, high line, uh, a lot of ball possession, uh, counter-attacking ball, uh, counter-attacking football. Um, very attractive, very offensive. Um, yeah, I mean, you can definitely count on him to be switching the tactics a lot, moving, you know, innovative strategies and uh, and tactics. Um, four three two one is his preferred this season, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, highly counter attacking, highly possession based. Okay, well, that sounds good. That sounds good. I've got some questions, Benjamin. If you, if you don't mind, if you have time. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, Barcelona Spurs. He says. Um, 
Uh, are there any out of favour or out of form players in our squad, as far as you understand it, that he could improve? And which of the current starters would not do well in his system? If that's tricky to answer, if you don't watch Spurs every week, I understand it. But we've got like we've got players in our defence that probably aren't good enough, uh, and there are we've got midfielders that aren't attacking midfielders. Give me some examples. Uh, so um, Eric Dyer, Longley. Ben Davies, who's been consistent, but probably not good enough. There's a number of players that we've got that we feel like we could improve. We don't have an attacking midfielders. What sort of... A back four, if we look at the defence, a back four, which we haven't played for a long time, um, our back four, probably our best back four would be uh, Ben Davies at left back, Longley, Romero, and Emerson Royale, probably, or Porro as our right back. We, we've got a pro- big issue with our defence, basically. It, yeah. if they're not in a free then they look fragile if they are in a free and we're not playing well they look fragile what do you think you could do with them yeah i think that's 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 quite a tricky question for somebody who isn't invested in the yeah, Premier of course League. of course i yeah. write about the bundesliga but i think uh hoiberg would be a player who uh would probably be able to connect because he's had six seven years with schalke and uh with augsburg um so pierre pierre hoiberg yep the Danish player, I think he would be somebody who would benefit from working with Nagelsmann. Um, and German football is traditionally absolutely exceptional at defending. Um, but ironically, in his time with Bayern, uh, I mean, Salzburg put uh, four past Bayern München and they've got an incredible back line, um, you know, with people like um, Fernandes and so on. I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you would expect um, Bayern München to be exceptional in terms of their defending. And even if you if you think that they've lost Alfonso Davis to Real Madrid, um, they've still got one of the best back lines in the world um, with ple- um, people like Joshua Kimmich and so on. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, they've conceded considerably more goals this season than last. So I think basically um, it will be interesting to see what he could do at Tottenham Hotspurs. But I would be... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, look, he's got, what, 10 games left this season and then he's got the summer break to turn the club round. So, I mean, you'd probably look at um, probably look at a fairly busy transfer window this summer. Um, I think we- Tottenham Hotspur's situation, a lot of it is to do with also keeping, whether you can keep Harry Kane as well. Mm. And with Bayern München actively pursuing Harry Kane, I mean, I think that's going to be a very big decision, to be fair. Yeah, um, we'll see about that. I, I, uh, yeah, I, it would it would take a huge investment from um, Bayern to, to to make that to happen. Certainly not going to happen this summer. And if it does, it would be a free transfer at the end of next year. And then you've got English clubs that are going to be looking at him. It, it would be a challenge, I think. But um, Wes Johnson asked the question, can, can he work within a Levy budget? Now, this is, um, if you don't know, you know that Daniel Levy is notoriously... Uh, pragmatic with how we spend money, and but but since the the stadium's been built, he has invested in the squad. Um, does Nagelsmann mean Nagelsmann need a lot of money, or does he no. look to develop? Yeah, no, I think I mean he has been well funded. Um, Dietmar Hopp, who owned uh, who owned Hoffenheim, um, is basically um, has been a massive investor in Hoffenheim, and he took them up from when they were near relegation. They were seven points clear of relegation in 2015. Um, he took them all the way up to the Champions League qualification two seasons in a row. 
Um, and he basically got a hell of a lot out of some very young players like Sandro Wagner, who's now at Bayern München. Um, and then he went on to RB Leipzig, um, again, an extremely well-funded club by German standards, but no way near the level of funding that a club like Tottenham Hotspurs would be. So in terms of managing uh, on a shoestring or managing on a, you know, a comparative shoestring compared to, let's say, Man City, um, I think that, yeah, he could certainly be the right kind of guy who could, um, in a German way, manage highly efficiently um, with a, a reasonably tight budget, yes. And I think that Tottenham Hotspurs has more than enough quality in the dressing room to be able to be a top five club. Um, and Nagelsmann could certainly achieve you know, a little bit more than that. But I don't, I don't see him being able to turn the club into a title contender without investing a, uh, quite a lot of money, to be honest. And then we go back to the question about Daniel Levy and whether or not he is the correct man to lead the club into the new era. Um, such is the Tottenham way, and, and you might not know this, but Spurs are both hugely optimistic and hugely self-deprecating. And we have a question here from Luis Malini. He says, since this seems like too perfect of a match, how will it eventually go wrong? <laughs> so imagine a world where Nagelsmann has been in place for maybe 24 months. What, 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 what traits does Nagelsmann have that might mean that this doesn't go as well as we hope it might if he signs as manager? Um, a German coach will um, take a very holistic approach like Klopp has done, where they'll look at everything from the youth set up through to the senior side, the academy, training facilities, the diet. Um, when Klopp moved into Liverpool, he basically brought in German and Austrian um, dietitians, nutritionists, fitness coaches. Um, Nagelsmann will bring with him a whole German setup. Um, and it's a question of whether, A, you give them the time. Um, Farker did the same thing at Norwich City, brought in 12 German players. Um, if you give him the time, he'll work out all the angles and he'll actually be able to implement his strategy. Um, but Germans are not short-termists. They tend to take a long-term strategy. So at the end of the day, it depends on whether the club is willing to invest in him. As we saw with Ralph Rangnick, who was uh, Nagelsmann, is, if you like, one of Ralph Rangnick's disciples. I mean, he's somebody who's in the school of Ralph Rangnick football. Um, and um, Manchester United essentially blew Rangnick out halfway through um, by basically not keeping to the consultancy agreement that they were going to have with him. So at the end of the day, if someone like Nagelsmann is brought in, then he needs to be given the time to implement his strategy and essentially turn the club round. But um, I think the problem could be that essentially, uh, A, um, they won't give him the time, and B, also that he um, essentially uh, won't get enough of a free reign. Then, of course, there's the language issue as well as to whether um, him and his coaching team will be able to uh, manoeuvre the English press, which are vastly more aggressive than the German press, um, and, um, you know, and also what kind of personality issues does he bring? I mean, in Germany, they're very conservative, if you like. And um, the fact that he walked out on his wife or a, a journalist of the Bild, uh, which is the, the Sun equivalent, went down very badly in Germany. Um, but as I said, there's also been some issues with key players like Manuel Neuer, who's the German national team captain and one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now. Um, what, were, and, what were those issues specifically? Do you know? Um, you, you don't really know these things unless you've actually been there presently yourself. So it's, it's hard to guess. But at the time when Nagelsmann was being uh, removed from his position, he was actually on a skiing holiday with this uh, journalist in Austria. 
Um, and that kind of showed a sort of frivolity or lack of seriousness, as the Germans see it, basically, um, which was not popular. Regarding Manuel Neuer, Manuel Neuer had a skiing accident himself just before Christmas and has been out for the first time in his career for an extended period of time. Um, and Manuel Neuer also was very close to the um, goalkeeping coach um, at uh, Bayern München. Uh, Neuer, um, Nagelsmann fell out with the goalkeeping coach who had been there for many, many years. Um, and essentially, um, it was a battle of wills as to whether the goalkeeping coach would stay on or would leave. And ultimately, the goalkeeping coach was fired. And uh, that has uh, weakened Neuer's position um, in the club. And Neuer is an absolute Bayern Munich institution uh, mm. of the highest order. So Bayern right now is a club in flux. Um, they got rid of Hoeneß and Rummenigge, who had been the makers of the club for decades. They brought in Oliver Kahn. They brought in Hassan Salihamisic as sporting director. And essentially what they feel is that one title last year plus the Super League, which is regarded as peanuts. Uh, we've lost, we've lost uh, Benjamin there, but I just want to say uh, thank you to him and um, so for coming on and, and being super honest about this Nagelsmann situation because we're in a situation because we, we, I think the vast majority of people that listen to this podcast probably want Nagelsmann in. And um, if, if, uh, if you want, to hit, want him in, you want to hear positive things about him. But we've heard from Benjamin there that there, there may be issues around him. But it, my gut feeling is that regardless of all of that, that he is the right man. Like he might be 35, but having a young, exciting, um, you know, uh, someone with their pulse, the finger on the pulse in, 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 in the modern era, that he might be the right man. And, and we've gambled with Jose Mourinho. We've gambled with Conte. Why not gamble with Nagelsmann? It's a different situation completely. But they won't be he won't be demanding the things that Conte and, and Mourinho demanded of Tottenham. That might be a difficult situation as well because there are a lot of people out there that want Daniel Levy to be a bit more speculative. If he isn't going to be and he's not going anywhere, and that doesn't mean that conversation about whether or not Daniel Levy is the best manager for the club should go away, but if he isn't going to be the the chairman that 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 pumps hundreds of millions every transfer window into the club, and not that not many clubs are doing that now anyway, then a manager like Nagelsmann might might work, and I think we've got to a situation now where just like. Let's see. Let's just see what happens. Like what the alternative is, Luis Enrique, who oh man, he feels like rinse and repeat. He's going to require the players. The style of football isn't going to be that exciting. You've got people like Deserby doing amazing things at Brighton. Maybe he should come in, but are the fan base going to be excited by that? We've got um, Glander of Eintracht Frankfurt, who you know done wonderful things to win the Europa League last year, but even though we haven't won it, is the Europa League enough? Is he going to convince our, our best players to, to, to invest? Is Nagelsmann? We don't know. We don't know where we are right now. But the, fi the fact is, there's a lot of hype around Nagelsmann. If we can get him in, even if it's just to see what would happen, as an experiment to have a manager at the level of Nagelsmann, the reputation of Nagelsmann, to get him in as an experiment is... I mean, how have we come to this point? How have we come to the point where one of the most the, the, the sought-after 
managers. This includes Real Madrid. Chelsea are interested. PSG have been interested previously. He's gone to Bayern Munich. How is it that Tottenham are, you know, his next step? Maybe we're a big club. <laughs> we don't win anything, but maybe we're a big club. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been a bit, a bit of a you know impromptu fighting cop podcast, but uh, we'll be back on Monday for the normal pod to return, and then on Thursday next week for the Q and A pod. But uh, up the Spurs, bring in Julian Nagelsmann, and uh, let's go. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel shut up. Sports Social Podcast Network.